Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the pet sitter guru and founder of Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hey there, guys, and welcome to this week's Tip Tuesday on the Pet Biz Hive. Last Thursday, I had the opportunity to attend America's Labor Crisis that was hosted by Dave Ramsey at his center in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, It was co-hosted by Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs, who I absolutely love, and he had several other guest speakers that were there. Um, The subject... And the people, of course, were complete slam dunk. I drove 10 and a half hours round trip. Remember, I'm in St. Louis just for the presentation. Um, God, actually, if you add it up, I drove more probably than I actually was at the live stream and actually slept that night. But great opportunity. I enjoyed it so much. I just wanted to share a few of those like holy wow moments that I had. Um, I don't know, I really, I guess I expected a really grand and kind of a nebulous overview of our labor market and politics and economics, but I really ended up feeling like there was a complete laser on our own industry. I definitely recommend watching the entire thing. I've attached the link to that recorded live stream below. I totally would like for you to watch it. So many points in there that, you know, just like anything we might listen to, you're going to hear different things than I am, but I have had some people who have said, hey, please summarize it for me. So uh, I'm just going to hit on some of the Janie's notes here with some of my thoughts um, and how I really see that it applies to the pet industry itself. Now, the overall theme was honestly that there is socially and culturally a real war on work right now honestly the way that they compared it is that it's really like a drift to mediocrity there were some really stunning statistics that they presented that i just wanted to share some with you in the last six months four million people have quit work now some of them quit work to job hop which You know, we see a lot of that in our industry, right? And some people just flat out quit with no intention of going back to work. There are 7.2 million able-bodied males aged 25 to 54 who are not looking for work. Now, that stat came from the book Men Without Work by Nicholas Eberstadt, who was actually also one of the guest speakers at the event. So I I know when you tune into the news, the government's like whooping that we are back down to pre-pandemic unemployment levels um, around like 5.7 million people. So, okay, so we have unemployment of seven or 5.7 million, but we have in 7.2 million males who aren't looking for work. I mean, that like really what's up with those numbers? That's a total mismatch, right? Like the media, anytime that you're tuning into it, everybody's saying, wow, we have really low unemployment, but yet 
Don't you look around and see everywhere that there are help wanted signs? I mean, I know I do. Definitely in the hospitality and the retail industry, the dog walking and pet sitting industry, there are 11.5 million open jobs right now. So again, like what's up with the numbers? We've got unemployment is 5.7 million, yet there's 11.5 million open jobs and there are 7.2 million males who aren't looking for work. Well, I, you know, I started looking at those numbers myself as I was sitting there and I'm like, wait a minute. If you didn't know this, the U.S. unemployment numbers are based only on people who are actually looking for work, but it does not include the gig economy. What has actually totally exploded during the pandemic? Duh. I about wanted to jump out of my seat and wave my arms wildly to say, hey, hey, have you guys like thought about the impact of the gig economy? Because they didn't bring that up, but that is something that is deeply affecting our industry and is a very clear correlation with some of these numbers. I know after being in business for so long, it used to be a predominantly female dominated industry working in home pet care. The first time that I had a guy apply like two decades ago, I was like, oh, that's weird. What are my clients going to think about this? How is this going to be? Well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last three years, we have a huge increase of guys that want to work with us, which is absolutely not a problem. They're totally amazing. But I am seeing so many more that have really just changed perspectives, changed goals, changed values. And this fits in with what their goals and values have become. Now, Dave Ramsey has a business arm of his financial corporation called Entre Leadership. Don't know if you've heard about it. Excellent book by the same name. And of course, also the Entre Leadership podcast that I enjoy listening to. But they recently published a white paper from their research within uh, the members of Entre Leadership. They found that one in three small businesses are struggling to find people who actually want to do the work. Like, do the work, not just do the work, right? You know what I mean? Like, actually physically do the hard things in life. It has become unpopular to work hard. And the perception of the pet industry is all puppy kisses and kitten whiskers, right? Yeah. Well, we, I mean, not the industry we, but the collective society we, have created a culture of comfort which really has been escalated through the pandemic by the gig economy and Amazon. We want to have everything easy, delivered, instant, right? We, we yell to Wanda in rage if we don't get the closest dang parking spot. Uh, one of the speakers, Michael Easter, he's the author of The Comfort Crisis, his book is a challenge to do the uncomfortable, to challenge boredom. Don't grab tech every time you have a spare second. He wants to challenge everyone to find the hard. He says that only 2% of people take the stairs when the escalator is available. 
only 2% park out further in the lot and walk in. So are you a two percenter? He really sets it up kind of as a psychological life hack to become a two percenter in your life. If someone asks you to do something, he says, go beyond. Not that you have to do something, but you get to do something. Flip that on its head. Uh, My general manager, she loves the movie Office Space with Jennifer Aniston. So Jennifer's character, Joanna, has a little diner job. And the boss counts the decorative pins on their suspenders as flair and requires them to have at least 15 pieces of flair. So Joanna has 15 and she thinks that's perfectly adequate, but then she gets reprimanded for doing just the minimum. So do you only do the minimum that's required? Or do you maybe have staff that only does the minimum required? Can you think of anyone in your life that wears extra flair that always seems like they go above and beyond? They really kind of stand out, don't they? Now, Michael Easter talked about trading the short-term discomfort for long-term benefit. I see that as, as having those hard conversations immediately with employees and clients instead of waiting or just hoping they go away. Uh, like getting control of your business finances so they don't control you anymore and being confident in that next big decision for your business and just taking that next step now, not later. Can you commit to that? Pastor Greg Greshel was the next one that spoke. He's the author of many books, but the most recent is The Power to Change. He is actually the head pastor of Life Church, which is in multiple states and has a weekly attendance of over 85,000. Uh, his church actually developed that U version of the Bible. It's a free app download that you can get for your phone. And it's, it's part of their free outra- outreach, but it has been downloaded on over... 500 million phones all over the world. I mean, that is amazingly incredible. He spoke about some of the challenges they've been seeing in their own hiring process in their ministry. Candidates are coming in with less knowledge and fundamental skills. He said that you can't make assumptions about the workforce anymore. Many don't even know what a full-time job is. They don't understand basics like communication and what it means to be on time. Does this all sound familiar? I mean, what we are dealing with isn't unique, friends. This is the ministry we're talking about, and they are seeing many of the same things that we see in the pet industry. He said that his entire team had to back up and look at the big picture. They intentionally went back to the basics, almost remedial leadership, making it focused and direct. They started at the top of their leadership team, reinforcing these concepts and then trickling it down step by step through the entire team. He says what is important is to focus on the why first. The details come after you communicate why and you get buy-in. You need to choose what you want most over what you want now. 
Don't lower the bar. Demand more of yourself. We have the power of agency to define ourselves. You do what you do because of what you think of you. Now, he says that data shows that in any situation, we immediately ask ourselves three questions. What kind of situation is this? What kind of person am I? And what does a person like me do in a situation like this? Redefining yourself, saying, I am a person who. I am a person who challenges myself daily to be a great leader. I am a person who gets up early to move my body. I am a person who makes a difference. I am a person who takes time to get the education that I need to grow my pet business. I am a person who plans my business finances for success. How do you define yourself now? Do you define yourself by limiting beliefs? Instead of saying, I am a person who, with a power statement, do you make yourself smaller instead? What might you need to change to be more authentic in your personal life and in your business? I can tell you, I personally just subscribed to the Craig Greshel Leadership Podcast because I definitely want to hear more from this guy. He was very empowering. Now, if all of this is not enough, Ken Coleman, who is a Ramsey personality, spoke about some of the roots of our labor crisis. He put some really great theories to why we are in this situation now. He spoke of an expectation problem that we've created in the younger generations. Three of the biggest issues he sees are that through the school system, we've taught conformity and we've lost creativity in our children. That our education system preaches an if-then concept. That if you do the work and go to college, then you will be successful. So I ask you this. How many dog walkers and pet sitters do you have that have college degrees that they don't use? Another thing he said is an issue is helicopter parents demanding exceptions for their kids and giving trophies for everything. Kids are being rewarded and praised for participating, not producing. He specifically says that we make sure our kids are feeling good And we have stopped coaching our kids how to do good in two main areas, hard things and scary things. If they don't do hard things, they don't develop grit. If they don't do scary things, they don't develop guts. Now, how's that for a quote? I know this might rub some of your fur backwards, but data shows that millennials and now Gen Z wants more money and more mobility based on just showing up. That it's participation, not production. When they don't get more money or a promotion as soon as they think they deserve it, they leave. Gallup research has found that there are three basic human needs. Meaning in your work, recognition for your unique contribution, and relationship with your leader. 
They need a mentor and a coach. Think back to what Craig Greshel said about having to back up and focus on the basics. This is where we are now. It is systemic. We need to take a step back and own that and just stop making assumptions about generations. There are great millennials and great Gen Z. Some of us Gen Xers are just damn tired and pissy, right? We just don't get it. But we do need to have clear and consistent communication. We need to coach our employees like the best coach you can think of. Correct them right away. Acknowledge and encourage them right away. Believe that they can and demand that they rise. Now, the next one was Dr. John Deloney. He's a Ramsey personality and author of Own Your Past, Change Your Future. The dude has two PhDs, one in higher education and one in counseling. He came in really to talk about his focus on the mental health aspect of the labor challenges we're in. He stated that we, in effect, have a generation now suffering from diseases of despair. Statistics actually show that even with adjusted COVID rates, that our lifespan in the U.S. is going down. Not because of gun violence or any of the other political topics, but suicide, addiction to things like alcohol or drugs, and health failure like obesity and organ impacts. This is especially noted in those with secondary education or less. Society has really destroyed their purpose, their connection, and their hope. Many of them feel like they have no purpose. I mean, of course, if you think back to the pandemic, most of us were told to go home because we weren't essential. Hey, go home. We'll just mail you a check, right? But you have no essential purpose in life. We've actually created the loneliest generation in human history. Connection isn't authentic anymore. We hide behind our computers and our phone screens. Without hope that things can change, we have had incredible increases in anxiety and mental health issues. There's something we can do, but it's all about choosing the hard. And it isn't necessarily choosing the hard, It's choosing which hard. Would you rather choose the hard of having those difficult conversations with staff or the hard of the blow up later when you've bottled it up to the point of resentment and the destruction of a relationship? Would you rather choose the hard of taking time to learn how to read your profit and loss statements now or the hard of not having enough money to make payroll? Would you rather choose the hard of making time for yourself and your physical health during your busy days or the hard of an entrenched disease later? Be a leader, not a boss. Leaders are out in front. Picture hiking through the jungle and the rock is using his machete to cut your path in front of you. Now that's a leader. The boss is behind you, kind of like an Indiana Jones poking you with their spear when you slow down or get out of line. Which one are you? Dave kind of summed the whole thing up with some tips of his own for leaders and entrepreneurs, which I thought were pretty cool. Several of the things I'm doing, and I know several of the things we are doing generally in our industry. 
Number one, he talks about creating a hiring referral program with your staff. Great people know great people. If you have some amazing employees, make sure you are regularly asking them, who do you know that's great? And back it up with money. In our company, we give a $300 bonus if we have an employee referral that results in someone amazing that's with our team after 90 days. We love giving that money out. We love seeing the employee's face when they get it and the impact on the team when they see that it does pay out, right? Now, great people know great people. But another thing, great people don't want to work with crazy people. Your employees are not going to refer a complete donkey to you, right? They don't want to work with crazy. They're not going to refer their crazy friends. So rest assured in that. That is a great resource for you. Number two, he said, develop the narrative of who you are and who your business is for your community. Tell a great story. Have mission, vision, and values for your business that you live by, that you hire by, acknowledge by, promote by, and fire by if necessary. Make a stand. Elevate your work from working with pets to doing something missional, doing work that matters. That is one common thread that exists even in this labor market, no matter what generation you are talking to. Everyone is craving purpose and meaning. And number three, above all, become a leader. Act as if you are a leader, not just fake it till you make it. It's way beyond that. Do the actual work needed to develop yourself, whether that's learning more about some aspect of business that you've been ignoring or learning more about yourself. So I'm going to wrap this up again. Watch the live stream. I can't possibly present all the nuggets here, but I did want you to get some gems that I thought applied directly to our pet industry. Speaking of the importance of educating yourself, did you know that I have a monthly masterclass to elevate your pet business? It's the last Thursday of each month at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, the month of May, I'm going to be talking about organizing your team and business information in one central location with an online staff hub. This is how I do things in my own business with five managers and over 40 staff. It is a free masterclass. So head on over to petbizguru.com forward slash staff hyphen hub to get registered for this next one on May 25th. Don't miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at petsitterguru.com. What is your next best move? Thank you.